This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, welcome in, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network on the Monday after, but the Monday before. It's the week of weeks. It's the night of nights. It's the hour of hours as we count it down to the Palmetto Bowl. 2023, Clemson a seven-point favorite coming off their win over North Carolina. They are having a November to remember. South Carolina with their win come from behind win over Kentucky. They are having a November to remember, but only one, only one will walk away undefeated in the month of November. That'll be determined, of course, Saturday night at Williams-Brice. According to NBC News, Donald Trump is coming to the games. That just adds another element and another bit of hot air to the surroundings at uh, Williams-Brice Stadium. So make your Travel plans accordingly. Phil Cornblue, Pat Daniel here in Columbia, joined by Chris Bergen from the Bergie Palace and Matt Smith from the uh, the Smith Conclave. And they're not uh, all that far apart. One's down in the, in the Georgetown area and one is over in the Florence area. Smitty covered Clemson on Saturday. I was at South Carolina. Uh, Bergie had basketball, but keeping an eye on Coastal Carolina as well. Uh, football up at Army. So we got all that covered for you. Drop in some notes, but it's all about South Carolina and Clemson. Clemson and South Carolina, regardless of how you want to phrase it. And tonight we'll take your official prognostication. Give us the digits when you call in and you talk about the game. Do not leave without giving us your uh, prediction. And the phone number, 888-898-2525. 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky number. Let me welcome everybody in. Bergie, how are you? Hope you had a great weekend. I did, actually. Uh, thank you. It was good to be back with you guys after missing the uh, tail end of last week. But had basketball on the uh, brain. And actually, on Saturday, since I did not have basketball, the uh, Myrtle Beach Invitational was Thursday, Friday, and then yesterday. Had a chance to go down to the uh, uh, Skisa State Championship Games down in Charleston. My wife's an athletic trainer for Lee Academy, and they were playing in the 1A title game. Came up short against Patrick Henry. But uh, props to Charleston Southern. They do a, a very, very nice job of hosting that event. And with, with that out of the way now, we put South Carolina State on the clock as they get ready for the high school league state championships in a couple of weekends. And hopefully they will do, and I'm sure they will, as good a job hosting that event as uh, Charleston Southern did with Skisa. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, Smitty, welcome in. You were up at Clemson Saturday. You saw a heck of a game. Tigers could have been buried they could have been buried early. They they dodged the dagger. Uh, North Carolina couldn't knock them out. But give credit to Clemson for making some defensive plays to save the day. And then the Tigers got it going offensively and had some big plays of their own, overcame um, a mistake here or there, and they get a quality win at home. And now they're feeling pretty good about coming to Columbia. Well, they should. A lot of positive momentum for Clemson and all the 
head-scratching, heartbreaking turnovers that Clemson had early in the season, like like obviously the goal line fumble against Duke, and they had some tough turnovers against Miami, NC State, the missed field goal against Florida State. All those things seem to have been turned in the last three weeks for Clemson, and uh, uh, playing with tremendous passion. Some of it has to do with the way the schedule has shifted, and they, you know, Clemson's been so good at home. Uh, six wins or more at home for 13 consecutive seasons. The next closest team was uh, Coastal Carolina with a streak of three. So they've just been <laughs> awesome, just awesome at Death Valley. Uh, tremendous home field advantage. Of course, they'll lose that. They'll lose that this week. But, Corn, you hit on something, and I hope I properly expressed this. When If you follow us at sportstalksc.com, after each of the games, one of us, me, Phil, or Pat, will post a, a, a post-game recap, and we try to do it kind of in the heat of the moment and try to give share some of the emotion that was a part of the night. And two things I really wanted to express and get across, and I'll share them again here, is North Carolina moved the ball at will early in that game. If you were in the press box, a lot of us were looking at each other thinking, oh boy, is Drake Drake May's about to go off. Mm. Drake May is going to have some kind of Doug Williams performance here against Clemson. He was thrown off his back foot. He was rolling away from pressure. Clemson had no answers early, but what they did is they were able, as you said, Corn, uh, they were able to counterpunch defensively and force two fumbles, and Clemson recovered both those fumbles. So it seems like the bounces have evened out. Those two fumbles that Clemson – one went through the the end zone out of the pylon, and Nate Wiggins, was, as Coach Sweeney said, one of the greatest hustle plays he's ever seen. He won't forget it for the rest of his life. He's mm-hmm. going to share it with each successive group of Tigers and show them what's possible if you just get after it. And, of course, Peter Woods put his shoulder pads on a Marion Hampton and caused a fumble inside the 10, and then Clemson pounced on that. Those are the plays that were going against Clemson on the road at Duke, against Clemson on the road at Miami, against Clemson on the road at NC State. Now they're going in Clemson's favor, and that's part of the momentum. And that's what I wanted to point out. Is it's almost like it's two different teams out there. Clemson was unsure of itself early in the season. Cade Klubnick, first year as a starter. Garrett Riley, first year with the program. Now in the second half of the season, they're growing together. And I don't know that Cade Klubnick and the passing game are truly clicking. They're not revved up in fifth gear. But I do think that what Garrett Riley now understands is he under, better understands the strength of this team. And the strength of this team is, uh, you know, the old Clemson, James Davis and C.J. Spiller, that was thunder and lightning. Now, Will Shipley and Phil Maffa are like, I don't know, sledgehammer and bricks. I mean, mm. they just keep coming at you and are so difficult to tackle. And I think Garrett Riley finally realizes that's the strength of his team. That's the heartbeat of this team. It energizes the crowd and it energizes the offensive line when Will Shipley puts his puts his pads down and runs through arm tackles. When Phil Moffa takes direct snaps like he did and runs to North Carolina tacklers into the end zone and looks like he won't be denied, it looks as if you know the, the 85 Bears couldn't have stopped Phil Moffa from getting in the end zone. And then the crowd goes crazy, the linemen are jumping on each other. It seems like Garrett Riley now says, okay, now I know how to call this game. I know the strengths of Kate Klubnick. I know the strengths of this offense. And that's what's made Clemson so dangerous in the last three weeks. Not just the fact they're playing better. Not just the fact that some of these games have been at home. But I just think Kate Klubnick and uh, Garrett Riley and Dabo Sweeney now know each other better uh, better than they did at the beginning of the year. Yeah, all makes a lot of sense. Yet, 
They still had a costly fumble. They did miss a field goal. Some of the demons that they've had to deal with all season, they continue right to the end. As for the Gamecocks, electric night at Williams-Brice Stadium. Uh, Fans are great. I do know that uh, Shane Beamer and to his, well, to his credit, but then again it gets used against him because people are pointing out, see, the fans leave at South Carolina. He made it a point after the game to talk directly to the students that sit in what's the area called the cockpit, which the whole stadium should be the cockpit, but they just call the student section the cockpit, so be it. But in typical fashion, they were there early and loud and packed in in the first half, and then for whatever reason they choose, they don't come back for the second half in a SEC game uh, a one-score game, and, uh, you know, that's that that's bothersome to the head coach because he wants that student support. He wants the students to be there the entire way through. And I think the rule at South Carolina is, correct me if I'm wrong, if you leave the stadium, there's no coming back. Yeah, you can't come back in. So I know some places do allow you to come back. They don't allow that in uh, Columbia. So uh, he wants the students to stay, and justifiably so, because it, it doesn't look good number one on television because you can see where the cameras shoot across they can they can pick up the open spaces where the students have left around the band section and also upstairs and in the in the upper deck and of course you're trying to sell recruits on the fact that you have great fans which they do but that they stay and cheer for their team all the way through so that was that was a message loud and clear from him after the game but otherwise it was usc is not immune to that by the way phil well, sure, <laughs> students, I'm sure. Yeah. Students bail at virtually every college football game I've ever been to. The only way you keep them in there, and no, no university would ever do this, is to run free beer into the student section. That's the only way you would keep them there. you got to get them drunk. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. I, I, but that's part of the reason. And it's sad, but let's, yeah. let's be realistic here. It's part of the reason Chris, they leave. Uh, Chris, I believe that's how you met your wife, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I could get her to go out with me. I know that. Uh-uh. <laughs> All right, so anyway, as far as the actual football was concerned, it was a great football game, a typical slobber knocker between the Gamecocks and Kentucky. They, they play physical, uh, typically moderately scoring games. And the Gamecocks uh, – had a great drive to open the game and a great drive to end the game. And everything in between was pretty much mush. Uh, but I tell you what, that was a super drive they put together to put the winning score on the board when they had to overcome some really difficult uh, uh, field uh, position situations, long distances to, to convert, and they converted them all. Uh, what can you say about Xavier Leggett that hasn't already been said? The guy is is super um, he's he's got to be one of the top five receivers all time at South Carolina, uh, and and to consider that he did it, he did it. He's made his name really in one season. Started coming on some last season, uh, but really made it in one big season. That's a compliment to him. Uh, Rattler continues to um, be very good at home. I mean, the numbers weren't overwhelming in terms of the total passing yards, but the the uh, completion percentage, he got off to a great start. I think he hit 12 of his first 15, then cooled off a little bit. Showed some more in the running game, which if you watch Drake May, you know, Drake May's a, a, a more pure runner than, than Rattler is, I think. But Drake May made a living uh, against the Clemson pressure by going up the middle, where the middle will be open, especially if they're playing man. We'll see if South Carolina tries to take advantage of that. Will we see more Lenora Sellers? Will Juice Wells play? Last night, Beamer said he's not lying. He's not playing any games with anybody. Uh, He has not declared Wells out for the season, as some have. Uh, 
Uh, he could not say if he's going to play Saturday. It's day-to-day. So Wells has hinted on his Instagram some things about you know maybe playing Saturday. Just going to have to wait and see if number three uh, shows up in uniform and goes through warm-ups out there with them. But it was a big win for them. Uh, clean in November now, three in a row, uh, back to five wins. Everybody knows what's at stake besides the – the state championship, this is the only championship Clemson can win now if you don't count a bowl as a championship. Uh, they can't win the ACC, can't win the national, can win the state. And the same thing for South Carolina. And of course, the Gamecocks, they won't be totally out of it from a bowl standpoint because of five and seven teams getting in based on the APR. If they don't win, but if they win Saturday, of course, that will clinch. I think if I think if Clemson wins, I, I will I, I would not be surprised if they ended up in the Gator Bowl. Now, that would make a lot of sense for me from a Clemson standpoint, history, location, the fact that Clemson fans will be energized by winning eight games uh, the way they did, uh, sweeping November, beating South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think they would be energized. I think uh, historically they do great in Jacksonville fan-wise. I think that uh, the Gator Bowl would take a long, hard look at Clemson should they get that eighth win. If not, people got them going out to San Diego as a penalty for losing to the Gamecocks. So. <laughs> That's not really a penalty, though. That's a pretty nice trip. I've also seen them locked into the Sun, Belt, uh, excuse me, the, uh, Sun Bowl out in El Paso, Texas. That, that would be an interesting <laughs> trip for Clemson. And I'll go ahead and say this from a Gamecock perspective. If you guys don't beat Clemson this weekend, do the honorable thing and not go to a bowl game. Turn it down. Five and seven teams do not belong in the postseason. Heck, six and six teams don't belong in the postseason, but mm. this is where we are. But if you can't even have a winning record, you should not be participating in the postseason. I agree. It won't be their fault. It'll, it, it's simply because there's not, oh, not enough six-win teams. And now they go to the APR rankings and uh, where the five-win teams stack up in terms of their APR. All right, real quick, let's stop, start the week by going ahead and throwing it out there. I've got Clemson. I said this at the Sumter Touchdown Club on Friday. I kind of left the door open to adjusting some things based on what happened this weekend, but nothing really happened this weekend. South Carolina came out of their game injury-free, and Clemson has an issue with Bo Collins, who apparently can play after tearing his, or help me out here, Chris, plantar fasciitis. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. He can, apparently, it's not a season-ending type of thing. They, they think he might be able to play. Wow. All that being said, after watching Clemson, the, I understand I'm taking into consideration home game for South Carolina, home field advantage. I think when all the emotion wears off and they just get down to about you know, the emotional last six or seven minutes, when they get down to about the final 50 minutes of playing football, uh, Clemson's running game, I think, will be uh, too much for South Carolina's defense. Uh, Klubnik is a third runner you have to consider. Plus, he can be dangerous with his arm. Uh, the receivers, the receivers can burn you. Including, uh, you got to got to keep an eye on Brenning Stool, the tight end, wherever he is. He's a very dangerous receiver. And of course, you cannot discount that Clemson has the much better defense, and their secondary is playing much better. And they're probably going to put Nate Wiggins on Xavier Leggett and say, "Follow him everywhere, and That'll shadow him." Yeah, that would be, f- be a fantastic fun matchup. Yeah, but the Gamecocks don't really have anybody else. Simon's come on a little bit. Can't count on Wells, a Marion Brown some. Now, they'll do some things. I, I, I liked what they did. I liked what um, Dowell Loggins dialed up with Lenore Sellers in the backfield some. They put Leggett in the backfield some. They, they're going to they're gonna throw the kitchen sink at that Clemson defense. 
I just don't think they can block him. The evidence is too strong that Clemson takes great quarterbacks and turns them into average players in that particular game as far as passing quarterbacks go. 30-17 Clemson. Chris, what you got? I think the key to this ball game, because I think you laid it out perfectly, Clemson's defense by far probably the most dominant force. I think South Carolina offensively in the passing game much better, um, even with the dinged-up wide receivers. I still like South Carolina's passing game more than I like Clemson's. I think I like the Tigers' run game considerably better. I don't think anybody could argue that Phil Moff and Will Shipley aren't better than whatever else USC can run out there. My question is, how will Cade Klubnick handle an environment like he's going to see on Saturday? He's never played in this game. He's never played on the road in a hostile atmosphere like this. Take NC State and Syracuse out of the mix. I mean, they can't match up with what USC fans are going to throw at him. I think that will affect him. But the one calming influence he should have, and as Smitty pointed out, and I thought it laid it out extremely well, was that they finally figured out what I've been telling them to do all year, and that's lean on that running game. And I think that because of that, I think Clemson's able to run the football, maybe shorten the game a little bit and keep and limit the amount of times that Spencer Rattler has the football and has a chance to make plays the way he did against Clemson last year up at Death Valley. Kind of like you, I think it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of a 30-17 to 17 type ball game, Clemson, because of that defense. I just don't know that South Carolina can move it and score enough unless – and here's the big factor, unless Cade Klubnick plays like he has on the road. You look at his – he's like Spencer Rattler. Rattler has been terrific at home, uh, the Kentucky game notwithstanding, mm-hmm. and not as good on the road. Klubnick's been terrible on the road for the most part, with the exception of the Syracuse game. I mean, he's stacked up passing yards, but he's turned it over. He's thrown interceptions. He's fumbled the football away from home. He's not the same quarterback on the road. And this is as hostile an environment as he's going to see thus far in his career. If he doesn't turn it over three or four times, I think Clemson wins. But that's that factor that you can't, you can't eliminate with them mm-hmm. because they do turn it over. They are turnover prone. And I think if they do, that keeps the Gamecocks in it. And if South Carolina's in it going into the fourth quarter, I think they might win it. If they're in it, if, if they're tied or ahead going to the fourth quarter, I think they'll do what they did last year and find a way to win. But I, I'm just not sure they'll be able to take it to the fourth quarter. Great equalizer will be the turnover. Smitty, what mm-hmm. you got? Yeah, I, I agree with much of that, guys. Let me let me add one element to it. Usually we talk about third down. And Dabo Sweeney was just talking about third down. One of the things that's helped change uh, the fortunes of his team recently is just how good they've been defensively on third down. I'm going to give you a different take. Fourth down for this reason. Two. Number one, Shane Beamer knows he's outmanned. I think he's going to be forced to go for it on fourth down. Not late in the game, early in the game. That could – those – plays would really change and shift the momentum. Those could be big plays. What South Carolina does on fourth down, I think they might go for it a little bit. And number two, special teams. Clemson's kicking game is shaky. That That's a compliment. Shaky at best. <laughs> failed fake punts in the last two weeks. Well, exactly. Let me, let me exactly. say something here. Was, will somebody I, please point, send Dabo Sweeney a note? <laughs> you don't fake punts worth a crap <laughs> i mean he you really are limbo. terrible at <laughs> stop trying out limbo punts. limbo oh my gosh go ahead smitty i'm sorry i just had to get yeah, that out I, there i to me that that's important and i don't think they'll try i don't think clemson will try one will south carolina try one so south carolina i think they'll be outgained in this game clemson will outgain south carolina i feel very comfortable in saying that they're going to put up post more yards but fourth down and special teams play play can really turn and shift the momentum in a ball game, and South Carolina's at home. I still think Clemson wins. I think it's enough. I think an angry, healthy Will Shipley, a focused Phil Moffa, 
and a Cade Klubnick playing with some confidence, I think it's enough. And South Carolina's offensive line, they were almost as bad against Kentucky as they were earlier in the season. They're a mess. They miss too many assignments. You miss an assignment against Clemson's front four, you might put Spencer Rattler in the hospital. Mm. You've got to be careful. If Peter Woods gets a free look at you, you're in real trouble. You might end up on crutches. So I've got Clemson winning 31-24. I think South Carolina wins fourth down, but I don't think it's enough. I think the Tigers' defense and running game wins the day. Pat, we're all in agreement to this point, three for three on Clemson. You got what? I'm also taking Clemson, and I think there's a few factors trying to touch on things that you guys have not already hit, and I think you guys hit on on all the big ones. But just to take a little bit step further, it's going to come down to turnovers, in my opinion, turnovers and special teams. If if, if South Carolina can force Clemson to turnovers like South Carolina has successfully been able to do uh, in each of the games along this current three-game winning streak, including two forced fumbles and an interception this past weekend against Kentucky— if South Carolina is able to do that and able to win the turnover margin, we've seen enough times this year from Clemson that they lose. They're not able to overcome that. Dabo Sweeney has harped on that fact throughout the season as the main reason for their for their four losses on the year. You, uh, Chris hit on the fact that Kate Klubnick has not played in an environment like this, and that's, that's very true. He has not, the kicker has not kicked, no matter which of the kickers for Clemson kicks field goals, neither of them have ever kicked in an atmosphere like this. So that will come into play. And to back up what Shane Beamer is saying, part of what will make that so difficult is if the students are there, especially in the fourth quarter, if it comes down to a potential game-winning or tying field goal in the end, or maybe a late-game two-minute drill drive from Clemson where Klubnick is facing that pressure on top of the crowd noise, the atmosphere, that will heavily weigh into the Gamecocks' favor. And then to take another thing with the special teams, I look at last year and – you had two key turnovers in that game by the Tigers on special teams. At one point, I believe it was in the second quarter, Phil Maffa attempted a lateral during a kickoff that was then a turnover. And then later in the game, on the final punt of the game, you had, an, I, believe, I believe it was Antonio Williams uh, fumbled that punt right there at the end of the game that did not end up giving Clemson a chance to, to come back and try to win in that or, or to hold on to that game. And I think that may play a role this year. Now, is this special team squad for the Gamecocks what it was a year ago? No, it is not. But Pete Limbo has proven time and time again to be a good enough coach, good enough coordinator, where he may have a pretty solid game plan to come out and force some some turnovers or some critical special teams plays in favor of the Gamecocks and against the Tigers. So I really do think it may come down to that simple as the turnover margin. Who wins that? Who's able to win the game? But I do... Personally, I don't think this game will come down to the fourth quarter. I think it might be a little closer to the score two years ago in Columbia when the Tigers won 30 to nothing, as opposed to last year when the Gamecocks won 31-30. I'm not saying that they'll shut out the Gamecocks by any stretch of the imagination, but if I had to say a score, I'm going to go 31-17 or maybe 31-20 Clemson. Yeah, you're right around where I am, 30-17. Okay, there you go. Those are uh, our thoughts. When does Dabo Dabo pull out that ill-advised punt uh, punt fake? At what point in that ballgame does he do that? That's what I'm saying. I think he should probably have learned the lesson. I'm sure people are saying to him, hey, don't do that anymore. You're not good at it. You don't choose wisely when to do it, and you don't execute it well. I mean, North Carolina was not fooled at all by that. I was going to say the Georgia Tech one was bad. The one against North Carolina this past weekend. I mean, who did he think he was fooling? And then what, they snapped it to Tyler Davis? Is that right? Is that what yes. I heard? Yep. And, and tried to run it? I mean, you've got two of the best running backs in the country. Turn around and hand it to those guys. That's what they get paid for. 
Davis gets paid to stop people running the ball, not try and carry it. He, he, he outthinks himself on that kind of stuff. And unnecessary. When you've got a defense as good as Clemson's, go let them do their job. Well, I mean, all coaches, I, I'm, I am amazed. Like, I'm watching the Packers yesterday, and they've got fourth and one, fourth and less than one. No, I'm sorry, third and less than one. You've got A.J. Dillon back there. So what they tried to do on third down was run a wide receiver uh, kind of a jet sweep. Gets thrown for no gain. Now it's fourth and one. Turn and give the ball to A.J. Dillon. No, they throw a pass Mm -hmm. behind the line, and he's tackled. So, I mean, coaches that make millions of dollars that know the game inside and out, it it does boggle the mind sometimes what they do with play calling when just the simplest thing will get it done. Keep it simple, stupid, which is what we're doing. Maybe Spartanburg was right. (laughs) I'm not going there. But keep it simple, stupid, which is what we're doing, and that means get into your calls after the break. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, right to your phone calls. Just give me a second. I want to mention a couple of things here very quickly. The Citadel basketball team uh, won a game today. They play in a tournament, and uh, they defeated uh, the uh, Idaho State team. So the Bulldogs pick up a win in basketball. Uh, and And I mentioned this to lead into another quick little note that happened over the weekend, and uh, this is by no means uh, making fun. I'm just pointing out that, uh, by the way, 62-61, Citadel wins. A.J. Smith had 19 points. Uh, the, the Erskine, you know, Erskine's had a little bit of a tough go of it in football, uh, men's and women's basketball combined going into the weekend. Between those three sports, they had lost 54 games in a row. Ouch. 54 in a row, football, men's, and women's basketball. That's tough. However, their basketball team won on Saturday Nice to break the streak. So Yay. congratulations to the Flying Fleet getting on the, uh, on the board there with a W, and maybe that'll be the start of something very special for them. Other basketball, you got South Carolina women tonight at home against South Carolina State, unanimous number one in the rankings this week. South Carolina State playing at Tulsa and Charleston Southern at Bethune-Cookman. Okay, to your phone calls. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're not going to touch on the men's basketball? I mean, wouldn't it be interesting, uh, we've talked about the struggles the two football programs have had if when Clemson and Carolina meet in December if they're both undefeated. That's true. Well, I mean, I, those guys are know, playing it's, well. It's been a the dis- Gamecocks last night. That win of Grand Canyon mm-hmm. is a huge win for them. That's a tournament team from last year. And preseason favorites in a whack. Well, it's been a November to remember for the Gamecocks and the Tigers when you add up the the, the football teams are six and zero combined, the men's basketball teams are nine and zero, the women's mm-hmm. basketball teams are uh, I believe now eight and one or is it seven and one? USC, of course, is undefeated. Clemson has one loss, but that was to USC, and the Clemson women's soccer teams in the Elite Eight of their tournament, and the men are in the Sweet Sixteen of their tournament. So. It's been a great been a great month of November, and one of them's going to have no an even bigger thing to shout about come Saturday. <laughs> All right, now 
to the phone calls. Oh, I sh- we should mention, too, uh, congrats to Wofford on a huge upset win over Furman. Furman, however, still getting a number seven seed in the FCS playoffs. They'll have this weekend off. Congratulations to Buddy Pugh going out a winner. His career over at South Carolina State, what a great career it was. We'll have him on the program here next week once we get through everything uh, this week with the South Carolina Clemson game. Now with that, we want to jump to the phone calls, 888-898-2525. Make sure you share with us your prediction on the game. Want to hear what you think about what is going to happen and love to have some digits with that prediction. Bobby and Charlotte, you're leading us off here. Palmetto Bowl Week 2023. Go right ahead, sir. Well, I wish I could come on here and argue what what you guys have already said in the first segment, but I there in the first couple of segments, but I, I'm afraid I can't. I mean, the way I'm looking at this, guys, I mean, unless Clemson does some stupid stuff like they did last year, I mean, uh, you guys brought up the Phil Maffa special teams turnover. That was remember that was just a dumb play where they did a little fake huddle in yes. the middle of the field, mm-hmm. and, and just totally it was it was hilarious because it came after the safety, and then they fumbled it, and then we wound up scoring a touchdown. So it actually wound up you know being a net positive for us. But um, you know if they don't do stuff like that, or if you know I, I kind of joked I wanted to send uh, Brandon Streeter a fruit basket after he quit running the ball in the second half. Uh, we had no, I mean, we had no prayer of stopping Shipley and Maffa, you know, and, and I might need to send Stoops a fruit basket for, uh, I'm pretty sure Ray Davis didn't touch the ball uh, in the last three drives Saturday night. So that was nice. Um, but, you know, guys, if, if this game's straight up, I, I tend to agree. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a two score kind of a cruise game for Clemson. Um, because honestly, are we any better than Notre Dame? Are we better than Georgia Tech? Are we better than North Carolina? Obviously not better than North Carolina. And when you look at what I've kind of watched this season, Clemson's defense is legit. Last year, you could throw on them. They, you know, we, we couldn't run the ball on them at all last year, but we could still throw it on them. This year, they're, I'm pretty sure they're top 10 in the country in passing yards allowed and in uh, opponent passing efficiency. So, I mean, they're getting it done with the defending the run and the pass. And look at the three teams that we've gotten hot against. Jacksonville State, it was a nail-biter in our own stadium. Uh, Vanderbilt, that's like playing a Division Four team. Um, and then, you know, Kentucky came into this thing bruised and battered and just got whopped by uh, Alabama. And then you look at who they've beaten in their three games, Notre Dame with Sam Hartman. And and here's the thing, guys. Not only did they beat Hartman, they beat Georgia Tech, who's mediocre, but they're certainly on the rise, it looks like, and they've got a good young quarterback. And then, obviously, North Carolina. All three of those teams, I would say, have very good quarterbacks. And, and, and certainly, I'm not saying they're better than Rattler. I'm just saying they're all three legit quarterbacks. But they also have great running backs. Estimate with Notre Dame. Georgia Tech's a top 15 rushing offense in the country right now. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, North Carolina, man, that kid, they have Woo! the beast. If he just would hold on to the ball across the six-inch line, they might have gotten out of there with a win. And that's what scares me, fellas, is Clemson basically controlled – all three of those teams with their defense, and they had to go up against not only a great uh, quarterback, but uh, a running game as well. And we're fourth 
from bottom in the country in rushing offense right now. So, I mean, I'm just afraid Rattler's going to be running for his life. Kentucky got a lot of pressure, as you guys said. And Clemson's not going to have to do anything special to stop our run game. And I hate to say it, but I've been very impressed with their secondary the back half of the season here. And I can't wait to see Leggett against Wiggins. That's going to be a hell of a matchup. And uh, But I, I do think it's going to wind up being, I hate to say it, it's going to be a pretty comfortable win for Clemson unless they get stupid with the ball and turn it over and then anything can happen. Uh, give us a score. Uh, I'm going to say Clemson 31 uh, the good guy, 17. 31-17. Thank you. Good hearing from you. Hey, Over Pat. in Charlotte, appreciate that very much. And by the way, Ray Davis carried the ball four times in the fourth quarter for Kentucky, but his last run was a seven-yard gain that gave them a first down on their last possession at their own 35. Uh, then they had to go the air four times and four um, incompletions or a short completion in on the second pass in, in South Carolina, got that batted down pass to um, to end the game uh, for them. So uh, they didn't forget about him totally, but I guess circumstances were they needed to throw the ball there on that last drive in particular. And remember, South Carolina had uh, that, that drive that led to the touchdown. Um, that was a pretty time-consuming drive, so uh, they ate up a pretty good bit of the fourth quarter. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, Pat, if you don't mind, how about get Bobby's resume and his uh, and save that little thing. If we ever need to hire somebody as a fill-in host, I think Bobby would be a good candidate. Yeah, he, he was about terrific. as good a breakdown. I was about as good a breakdown of this game this weekend as anybody could give. I was hoping he'd stick around long enough we could get his feelings on the Panthers. Being, I'm guessing he's a Panthers <laughs> fan from being up in Charlotte. That wouldn't he's take long. He's like the rest of us. He just gave up on them. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't take long. All right, thank you for the phone call. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. Uh, Hank in Columbia, you're up next here on Sports Talk. Welcome in. Good to have you with us. Hey, Phil. I need to go ahead and get Bobby an orange shirt and some, some purple pom-poms also. Oh, I mean, you think I, he, I, hey, no, I, he said he was I a Gamecock. I, he said he was a Gamecock. No, he, I, I hear, but I know it's really bad. But, uh, Phil, um, yeah, I, I, like I said, give him an orange shirt and some pom-poms. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say whether Carolina would win or not. But it doesn't take a, a miracle from an act of God for Carolina to win. I don't. I don't think it's that bad because one, um, if you look at every year we play Kentucky, it is a flower knock of the game. You remember last year's game went down to the end, mm-hmm. and the year before that, when Kentucky beat us, it was a three-point game where we were trying to drive to win. So that's just that's just how Kentucky plays. Because Scoops is a very good defensive coach. Now, if Carolina were to win, uh, one, if Rattler gets hot, Clemson has to start bringing pressure to get him. You know, if they start, they start bringing the pressure like they do, then, uh, you know, Leggett could have a game. You know, Leggett and Brown, those, could have a, a major game. And really, last year, we didn't try to run it to um, – we didn't try to run it to beat Clemson. We actually threw and used enough running just to uh, to offset some things. Secondly, if you just like with uh, Kentucky, the reason they topped him to him because they kept on getting into third and long because it, other than the two top plays they got for running, the defense was getting them into third and long, which means you had to throw the ball. And my thing would be if Rattler gets up or gets us at least even or up, 
to make Clubnick have to throw the ball. I mean, they can hand it to Moffitt every time, and, um, and then we'll just see if they can hand it to him 100 times and see if they just continue to, to run down our throats. But mm-hmm. I, if you if you force him along and make Clubnick have to throw the ball down the field, now, let's see how he's going to look in that atmosphere. Well, if they can stymie the running game in some fashion, if South Carolina can somehow slow down the running game, and Hank, thank you for your phone call, if they can slow down the running game, that's going to give them a great chance because I think they would love to put the game on Mm -hmm. Klubnik's shoulders. Uh, We have seen where at times he succumbs to pressure moments and makes bad decisions, makes bad plays. In that setting, if they can get to his head – I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about mentally where he's seeing ghosts out there. They'll have a chance. They'll have a chance. But I, you know, I just don't – this defense, it is what it is. And they have held their last two opponents under 300 total yards, which uh, is a step forward now. You have to consider one was Vanderbilt and then Kentucky this past weekend. They they did a better job. Um, Is it fool's gold or are they actually getting better? Are they actually getting better play at linebacker? I did think their secondary was better Saturday night. I did think Eman Wari, who plays all over the place, was was fantastic. I thought DQ Smith stepped up. They did not have uh, Fortune because he was suspended. He should be back this week. They had to to run some other young guys out there. Uh, Floyd had to play quite a bit. And, of course, they've been playing um, Collier a lot and and Kilgore, of course, uh, so it's a young secondary, just like Clemson's had some young secondary, but secondary players. But getting Wiggins back, he went from the seriously. If anybody went from the doghouse to the penthouse, it was that guy, because he was in the doghouse for two weeks, and he comes back and really shines and shows why he is considered a top NFL prospect at corner. I mean, not just that rundown play, but his cover skills, even when they completed passes. He was right there. The, the ball had to be right in that tight window. He was right there on the receiver. The matchup with Leggett's going to be one for the ages, yes, I think, is. in this series. Okay, let's go to the break. We'll come back with more phone calls. So don't go away. Plenty of time for calls. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. We're all going to need a vacation after this week for sure. So why don't you call Jimmy Smith? at pauliesvacationrentals.com and let him hook you up. 843-237-4246. The weather's still nice. The beach is still wet. The golf courses are still green. Jimmy Smith, pauliesvacationrentals.com, 843-237-4246. Be back in a moment. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. 
Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! Farm Bureau Insurance's agriculture roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Looking for a way to fight back against inflation? One viable way to help your money stay relevant during inflation is through investing. To a new investor, investing can feel like a puzzle. With so many pieces to consider, it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance along the way, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. When you're ready to find the pieces to your financial plan, call 866-739-7064 to speak with one of our specialists or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn about how we can help you identify the key pieces to your financial plans. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC, and not NCUA insured. Not guaranteed by credit union and may lose value. Hi, this is Billy Downer from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Are you looking for a safe place to shoot your rifle or handgun? Did you know that the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources operates four manned ranges across the state in Pickens County, Spartanburg County, Richland County, and Charleston County? For more information on our public ranges, visit dnr.sc.gov backslash shooting. This year's Carolina and Clemson Jackpot $5 scratch-off tickets give you a chance to win up to $200,000, whether you're a Gamecock or a Tiger. Plus, you can enter your tickets into the Second Chance promotion for a chance to step on the field or the court to win $50,000, $75,000, or even $100,000. In this state, winning the Palmetto Series does matter that much, so get your tickets today. See SCEducationLottery.com for odds and details. Winning and non-winning tickets can be entered. Second Chance odds depend on number of entries received. All right, a couple of quick things. We'll get back to your phone calls. 888-898-2525. Poll question of the week, of course, 
We've uh, updated it. We did the poll question last week on who's going to win the game. Poll question this week, same thing basically, but a little update. Tigers 7-4, and four, Gamecocks 5-6, and six, Clemson a seven-point favorite. Based on what you've seen this month, who wins straight up? And it's tight. 407 votes, 50.9% say South Carolina, 49.1% say Clemson. It is that tight. If we'll that game were at Clemson, what do you think the line would be? Probably another field goal. I'd say I 10. I think it may be another touchdown. Really? I think the, the difference, I think Carolina playing at home has tightened that line up considerably. Uh, how good they've been at home. We got uh, high school football uh, position has come open. Uh, Wilson head coach Rodney Mooney relieved of his duties today. So that job is now open and... Let's see what else I wanted to mention here real quick. Uh, South Carolina State running back Jawarn Howell, one of 22 finalists for the Jerry Rice Award for the top freshman in FCS. Furman coach Clay Hendricks, VMI head coach Danny Rocco, named finalists for the 2023 Eddie Robinson Award uh, for the coach uh, in FCS, top coach in FCS. And uh, also we have another poll question. We have a poll question of the day on the Palmetto Bowl, and then we have our question of the week. So our poll question of the day is, because the year of living with a loss in the game is pure hell, I said no fun on the tweet, but it's pure hell for the loser, right? Will we agree? Which Mm -hmm. fan base is more nervous about Saturday because you just don't want to go through a year of living hell? Uh, 222 votes there. (laughs) 57.6% say the Clemson fan base is more nervous. And 42.4% say the Gamecock fan base is more nervous. All right, back to the phones. Let's go to Gamecock Larry. Is he nervous in Swansea? Gamecock Larry, welcome in. How are you? One called Dabo. Dabo. Gamecock Larry from Swansea, South Carolina. When your Tigers on downtown, down to town, Columbia Saturday night, a Gamecock Tiger plucking. Now let me talk about these gentlemen I heard on the radio. There's four of them. Four of them. Boy, Clemson, Clemson, Clemson. Let me Clemson. tell you something. There's four of them. Clemson, 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 Clemson. Yes, sir. Four of them. The other two, they talk like, well, I, I'm, I'm not, let me say, I want to say it right because I don't want to get feel mad and cut me off. They talk like they know what the well. They talk like they got some gamecock sense. <laughs> All the rest of them, old man. This uh, this guy. I'm gonna tell you. I don't like making my predictions on Friday morning. But let me tell you something. I will say we will win the turnover battle three games to none. We will win the total of yardage four hundred and fifty. 450 against your defense, you four gentlemen, talking about the Tigers, 450 total yards offense against your defense. Rattler will, you will get the strike of the Rattler. He will get at least 380 yards passing, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 
Covenant will have a couple. He'll have at least one fumble and at least one interception. And I don't know, it'll probably come from a block pond or something. Mm. But we're going to take you. Come on down. You done got the old man's, boy, you poor gentleman, you done got the old man's blood boiling. You got it <laughs> boiling. So I ain't going to give you, I'm going to give you a prediction, but I'm, it's probably going to change. Mm. Cause we got we got something we got something. Hey, buddy, we you don't know what we got. We got a surprise for old Dabo. It's gonna be. I'll say, but I'm gonna put it this way. I'll say Clemson twenty four, Gamecocks thirty seven. Thirty seven twenty four. Thirty seven against your defense. Kiss that great Tiger defense. 37 points. And Mr. Field, don't get mad at me, but you got my blood boiling. Go game. Cops. All right. Love all y'all. Thank you. Thank all you. Right. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and by the way, I forgot, Hank, if you're listening, I know you are. We forgot to get your predictions, so call back and give us your prediction. You can give it to Pat off the air. Put that down on the list. I forgot to get it I from will you. say this, though, from Gamecock Larry's prediction, I can't imagine uh, Spencer Rattler is going to have that good a game. I think he'll be solid. But if they rush for 70 yards, because if you subtract what he said, Spencer Rattler was going to throw for versus total offense, I think they win the game if they run for 70 yards against Clemson. If the Gamecocks run for 70 yes. yards. That's not a lot of yards. No, it's not. But they don't run for a lot of yards. Yeah. I mean, 70 yards rushing for them would be probably enough to keep Clemson just off balance enough. I wonder how much we'll, we'll see of Lenora Sellers. They they showed him a, a fair a fair amount, not a great amount, but a fair amount to give you something to think about. If you're Wes Goodwin, you got to kind of consider what South Carolina might do, the different looks. They put Leggett in the backfield. Um, they showed Lenora Sellers. Uh, I think they were really trying to give uh, Clemson something else to think about and work on this week. I mean, keep in mind, they only had 50 yards rushing against Kentucky. Yeah, Don't you think Clemson's right. defense is better than Kentucky's? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's not like they went up and down the field. Like I said, mm-hmm. between their two drives to start and end the game, they didn't do a whole lot. Nothing in the uh, second and third quarters. Be right back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, we're back with you on Sports Talk on this Monday night. A reminder, uh, of course, it is Thanksgiving. I'm not reminding you about that. I think you know that. Uh, We're on the air Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, taking Thursday off back on Friday. Also realizing a bunch of you are heading out, maybe starting today, tomorrow, certainly Wednesday. Uh, Make sure you download. One of the things you need to do, of course, is check your oil in your car. Make sure you have a full tank of gas. Inflate those tires properly and download the Chief Sports app. Those (laughs) those things should be all the things that you do (laughs) before you go on the road. Because, you know, you don't want a flat tire. You don't want to run out of gas. You don't want your engine to blow up. And while you're checking the oil, check the um, the fluid in your uh, your radiator there, your your coolant. Check your coolant because you don't want to overheat. And then make sure you got the Chief Sports app to take with you 
to make it easy to get us. That is a great little app. You can get our show, many other shows. Uh, Jamie Bradford's put that thing together, and uh, man, he's done a great job. Happy to be a part of that. Okay, uh, back to your phone calls as we promised. We got recruiting coming up too. Also, Zach will be here to break it down at seven thirty. So we're not going to leave you shorthanded there. Triple eight eight nine eight twenty five twenty five. We go next to uh, Keith in Camden. Keith, welcome in. Good to have you with us. Hope you're well. Happy Thanksgiving. Good to know you. Good to <laughs> talk to y'all tonight. And good to know me. I'm not leaving. I'm still going. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to try to hang around a little bit. There but, you go. Uh, you know, look, we are who we are. Uh, Saturday night, the offensive line was just – words can't des- describe how bad they were. Mm. Uh, maybe go back to the North Carolina game. But uh, if that's – I think Beamer said this is the third week we've had the same ones working together. Correct. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, well, maybe we need maybe we need to flip that up because it was it was pretty bad. But, look, the only thing – the only way we've got a, a chance here is, uh, uh, I mean, Leggett's legit, but there is a big fall off. And if and if they uh, go and try to stifle him up, if somehow Juice could play, uh, to me that's that's a game changer. Having two people that are capable of, of pushing the defense uh, might make this a little bit different, but realistically. I mean, you gotta you gotta be honest. And I listened to you the other night when you gave your prediction. And as much as it hurts, I mean, sometimes the truth does hurt. But uh, the only way we really have a good chance of this ball game is three turnovers. Somehow the line shows up that has only showed shown up sporadically throughout the year. And Juice plays to help Leggett. And who knows what can happen, but. I'm going to go ahead and throw out there uh, 34-24. 34-24 uh, Clemson. Yeah, and one thing, one thing, Phil, doesn't it seem like, you know, I'm sure we're running scripted, scripted plays early on, and that seems to go real well. And then we hit a lull where the defense adjusts and, uh, you know, we struggle a little bit. But I think we're going to see a lot of what we saw from Kentucky. That's a good defensive football team outside of last week. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see us lighting it up like uh, we no. might think. Yeah, I just no. thought we looked yeah, offensively. Be realistic. Uh, if you can't block, you can't run. Uh, a good quarterback gets canceled out by a great defense. So uh, hopefully nobody gets hurt. But thirty-four twenty-four is what I think. Uh, y'all have a good one, and look, I hope all of you have a great, safe Thanksgiving. And same to you. Thanks, Keith. Thank all you. All right, good night. Thank you very much. Great hearing from you. Yeah, Clemson's defense, again, they they have made a history of making you know, really good quarterbacks uh, ordinary in the passing game uh, because of their ability to rush the passer and to force the passer into mistakes, throwing the ball before he wants to, and Things like that, and of course their their secondary play, I think has has picked up here in the last uh, little bit. And you look at you look at their most recent games, uh, passing yardage. The Tigers, the Tigers have uh, let's see here. The Tigers have given up two oh nine to North Carolina, one thirty seven to Georgia Tech, one forty six 
to Notre Dame. Uh, one third, let's see, 138 to NC State, I think, if I'm reading this right. Um, of course, they lost that game at NC State. So, mm-hmm. but, but here of late in November, as they've started winning games, they have done a better job uh, in that category of, of putting pressure on a good quarterback and making a good quarterback look pretty ordinary. Now to play devil's advocate on the other side of the coin, Rattler did torch them last year. I mean, he had 360 yards passing and a couple of scores. He did throw two picks, and, and Carolina couldn't run the ball against them a year ago. They only had 55 yards rushing. I go back to the, the point Larry made. If they get 70-plus yards rushing, I think they've got a real chance on Saturday. And Rattler had a rushing touchdown last year, too, and it seemed like mm-hmm. every moment throughout the game that the Gamecocks needed a big play, Rattler stepped up and he delivered. Yep. Mm-hmm. No doubt about He's that. He's a difference But maker. remember There's now, that no was a, they've got the better quarterback. That was a 14-0 sure. game Clemson. They had the Gamecocks reeling, and then Rattler to Wells happened, if my memory is right. They hit that deep ball, mm-hmm. and that just sort of turned things. I think that kind of gave the Gamecocks a bit of a belief that, okay, uh, we can we can hang in here, we can play with these guys, and just hang in there long enough. And maybe they thought Clemson would – would make mistakes and think of the mistakes that Clemson made. I think Pat touched on most of those, the, the botched fake on the kickoff return, the fumble punt uh, at the end. Now South Carolina had theirs too. Remember they were going in the score and Rattler throws the interception mm-hmm. in the end zone. So, I mean, a little bit both ways, but they just sort of hung in there, hung in there and, and found a way to win. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously I don't believe they're going to have that opportunity this year. I just think Clemson has, they found a little something and maybe it's ironic or maybe it's funny, you know, when uh, when Clemson was high-flying with their offense and Morris was the offensive coordinator, I mean, Clemson would score in three plays. Boom. You could almost be guaranteed, whether it, especially when it was uh, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, and they had those uh, the bevy of outstanding receivers. They'd come out, they'd run a couple of uh, – maybe they might run an inside run, throw a little little screen pass – and then bang, somebody's going to be open down the field. Jacoby Ford, touchdown. Sammy Watkins, touchdown. Um, Higgins, touchdown. You just name the receiver. Uh, and, and that's the kind of offense they had back then. It was quick-paced, and it was fast-scoring. Now, no. I mean, they've, they've kind of turned the clock back, even though this air raid offense, which is what was supposed to be the offense of, of Garrett Riley, it's not anywhere close that as far as what you expect of an air raid offense. Now, we do know that he loved to run the ball at TCU, too. And he had a quarterback who was outstanding running the football. They, they're they not running uh, Klubnik to that level. I think Klubnik's runs are mostly coming off of pressure uh, and, and bailing out on the pass rush, I think. I mean, I, I know there's a few called uh, quarterback runs, RPOs, and all that that lead to the quarterback run. But most of the runs I see where he makes big plays are in scrambling mode where he's flushed out of the pocket and he uses his natural speed and instincts to take off and hit a gap and go pick up yardage. So, Do you think a couple of those you just mentioned are because of personnel? Like maybe there's not a deep threat receiver without Antonio Williams this season. Tyler Brown is the best I could think of that may be maybe Adam Randall as well, a little bit Stilato, but especially Antonio Williams being out as long as he has this year, you just don't really have that that deep threat like a Jacoby Ford and some of the guys you mentioned there uh, that actually really had the Sammy Watkins had that downfield, that burner speed. 
And I can't help but wonder if also the reason we haven't seen Klubnik run more is because of the lack of depth at the quarterback position. It almost might be a fear. Remember, we saw similar with Trevor Lawrence after Kelly Bryant transferred. We didn't really see uh, Trevor Lawrence run as much as he then did the next two years because there was that lack of depth behind him. Yeah, could be. All that's possibility. They certainly do not have a quarterback ready to go should something happen to Klebnik. Nobody has played a meaningful snap the entire season besides him at quarterback. All right, back to the phones, 888-898-2525. South Carolina's in a bit of a tussle with the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. 15-13, South Carolina leads 226 to go in the first quarter. As we go to Brian in Goose Creek. Brian, welcome in to Sports Talk tonight. It's good to have you with us from down in the Charleston area. How are you? Okay, and you guys are doing okay? Doing great. Good to have you with us. Wow. Um, wish I was following my good buddy there, uh, Gamecock Larry, but I'll take uh, third behind yeah. him. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, hearing all these people already, yakety-yak, yakety-yak, yakety-yak. Brown, Saturday, stopped on a rope. The ball was overthrown. Brown had a chance to catch the ball across the middle. He dropped it. So, that's their big threat receiver. They haven't played against Rattler yet. They played against him last year. They haven't played against Super Mario yet. Oh, and there's a there's going to be a big Tonka truck running all over in the backfield. <laughs> yeah, he's stopping, playing well. He is you, playing well. Mm-hmm. Stop. Stopping, stopping, you said, you said, what was the kid's name, the quarterback? Klubnik? What's, what's, no, you said, no, it's Clunker. His name's Clunker. Clunker. It's Clunker. a Clunker. Clunker. Yeah. Clunker. Clunker. You know, kind of like a beat up car. Yeah. You know, a Clunker. That's, mm. that's what he is. He's a Clunker. Mm. So the reason he can't run is because they don't want him to run. Like you just said, depth their quarterback. Well, all of that's going to change come Saturday night. Like I said, Tonka Truck is going to be running all over the backfield, plowing up the ground. Well, he has played really well, Tonka Hemingway. you got to give him his credit. He's played really well of late, had some big uh, big plays against Kentucky. And, uh, you know, know, they like to put him in the backfield when they're down near the goal line and use their their big lineup there and get the ball in his hands. Well, see, seven yard. Um, um, it's not. We're not going to have to have seventy yards, eighty yards, hundred yards. That'd be nice. But when we're in the red zone, Mario runs the ball into the end zone. It ain't going to have to be that many, many yards. You're going to have probably three touchdowns if they let him run the ball. All right. What's your final score? What you got? Oh, I got thirty-five good guys, maybe twenty. For them clowns, thirty up there, 30, the northwest corner of the state, thirty-five Game twenty. Talk, Larry, keep believing, brother. We're gonna get this one because when the rattler strikes, them boys better not take the helmets off because when they take the helmets off, the head's gonna swell up, 
and they can't put the helmet back on. They're going to run out of players before <laughs> halftime. Are you saying they're going to okay. get the poison? They're going to get the poison? If they get they get struck by the rattlesnake, they better not take the helmets off because they're going to look like a bunch of Hindenburg blimps <laughs> walking around on the sideline. They ain't going to have no helmet big enough to fit their heads. No. All right, thank you very much. Good hearing from you. We got you down. We got you down 35-24, as you put it, the good guys. Okay, thank you very much. Let's hit the break, and we'll come back with more. We'll clear the lines and take a fresh run of calls. 888-898-2525 is our phone number here on the South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. In the Sports Talk, go ahead and grab a line, and we'll get to you. When we come back from the break, and uh, also mention the Braves today, Signed, Ronaldo Lopez, three-year, $30 million backloaded deal, $8 million fourth-year club option, and a $4 million buyout. He's a righty, been a reliever past couple of seasons, but he has started some. Hit the break. Be back in a moment. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler Brown. If you or a loved one are over 65 and haven't completed a long term care planning consultation, now is the time. Did you know that if you aren't able to afford the high cost of skilled care, your assets can be rapidly depleted to only $2,000 unless you plan five years in advance? Visit lawyerlisa.com to see how we can help. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. George Bryant here with Tsunami Bar Sports, and wow, Tsunami Robbie, there is now an amazing technology that you can use when you train, receiving large gain without having to endure pain. Please explain. George, that is the magic combination. I have three simple words to define that entire concept. Stimulation, not annihilation. Regardless of your training goals, there is a level of stimulation that is optimal for your desired gains. Tsunami Bar's flexible bar technology meets these demands because the user determines the level of stimulation with the amount of speed and force they impart into the bar or training device. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code B. BB5. Don't wait. Order today. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. Hi, it's Phil Kornblut of the Sports Talk Media Network. We love our high school football in South Carolina, and we love bringing you the scores every Friday night. 
From 10 to midnight, we check in on every region across the state with live reports and coaches' interviews. So whether you're in your car after a game or lounging in your den, be sure to dial up the Founders Federal High School Scoreboard Friday nights right here on the Sports Talk Media Network. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plate it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Just looking at the Post and Courier story on the Citadel basketball win tonight by Andrew Miller, and they defeated Idaho State 62-61 at the Campbell College uh, tournament, and they scored, was it four points in like four seconds? Something crazy like that. They scored, and then they fouled, and Idaho State made the free throws to go up, and then they inbounded and got fouled and made two free throws to win the game. They only led for like those last couple of seconds there. So crazy finish, good win for the Bulldogs. They're two and three. And they led the game for less than those four seconds. They're two and three. They win 62-61. Update the USC women. They're up now 20 to 15, 845 to go in the second quarter. They're playing without Pow Pow tonight. She's got a sprained ankle and uh also, Tessa Johnson uh, remains out with an injury. All right, back to the phones, 888 as we go to – where are we going next? Oh, next we are sticking here locally and going over to Gaston, and we'll be visiting with Nick right here nearby in the Midlands in Gaston. Welcome in, Nick. Good to have you with us. How are you? Hey, man. <clears throat> Yeah, just uh, I'm listening to Gamecock Larry. I, I love old Gamecock Larry, but oh yeah, you need to sober up between games, buddy. I hate to tell you, but uh, not as young as you used to be. Mm. Don't listen to the rest of them guys. I know that's how y'all win. I mean, if you gotta have a 12th man, you got a 12th pack, you 120 proof, whatever it takes to get everybody in a mood to to make something happen at Williams Price, but uh, I'm serious. People need to sober up between games. Save it for Saturday. What you got so, for the uh, game? What's your call? What you got? 30-3, to three, Clemson. 30-3. to three. How about that? I'll give them three points. So, 
And You're seeing the defense bringing the, bringing the business this weekend. Well, I do know that Jim Harbaugh is not doing the scouting for y'all this year, mm. and there's no COVID happening. So, mm. you know, we'll see what happens. Somebody's going to have to show up. Nick, we have a good one. appreciate you, man. Good phone call. Appreciate it. He's got Clemson 30 to 3 as we continue with your phone calls on this Monday night. Remember, we're with you tomorrow night, talking Tuesday, Wednesday per normal, off on Thursday, and back on Friday. Triple T, also known as Oliver, a.k.a. the angry black man, in Columbia. Welcome in. Choose your uh, acronym of the night. Good afternoon. Good evening. This Triple T. Mm. I want to ask a dumb question. What kind of Kool-Aid these Gamecock fans are drinking? Mm. Uh, Garnet. Oh, okay, okay. They, they better get off it. And, you know, and what's that guy named? Gamecock Larry. Gamecock Larry. He's kind of supplanted you as the most popular caller on the show. Yeah, ask him when the last time Carolina scored 35 points against Clemson. You know, let me say something to you. When Clemson played Clemson football and Dabo don't get out coached and do them bone uh, calls, Clemson win. I hope he don't do no bonehead call again. Mm. Dabo, leave the fake on alone. Just coach the fellas. Put the fellas out there. And let the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, um, coach, and you be the cheerleader. Mm. You know, mm. all I got to say, tell Gamecock fans, it's going to be 73, 43, and 4 after the game. Oh. Also, it's going to be 52 in Billy Bright's place. We have won 52 game in there. It's going to be 53. See you down the road, Gamecock. Well, give me a score. I need a, I need a score. And by the way, the last time the Gamecock scored 35 was 2018. But they lost fifty six thirty five. That was a game that nobody oh, could stop the other team, for the most well, you know, part. I'm not gonna give no score, man. I just want us to win. That's all. Well, you got to give a score. This is give a score week. Oh, give a score week. Uh huh. Thirty five seven. Thirty five seven. All right. Thank you, uh, Oliver. Always great hearing from you. And mm-hmm. Phil, I think the last Thank time you. the Gamecocks scored thirty five or more in a win over Clemson was nineteen seventy five. Let's if see I'm, here. If I'm looking at history correct, you have to go back to a fifty, another 56-point game, 56-20. Uh, yeah. to 20. That was yeah. the perfecto offensive night for the Gamecocks. I was at that game. Well, now, if, if guys, if Dabo Sweeney takes Triple T's advice and just kind of lets the, guy, the coordinators go and let the guys go out there and play straight-up football, not a lot of TV camera time for Dabo Sweeney. Oh. <laughs> really? This is true. Pretty tame post-game interview, right? Maybe. Needs, he needs a little juice. The camera will always find the head coach if something goes right or if something goes wrong. The camera will always find you, that's for sure. How about RG3 running down the hill with Dabo before the game on Saturday with ESPN? That was pretty cool. He did that. Yeah, Robert Don't Griffin the third the game. Yeah. chased Just behind him. Just the game. Really? Be right back. Okay, welcome back in Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Monday night, Palmetto Bowl 2023, Clemson and South Carolina. South Carolina and Clemson, depending on how you want to look at it. 
Tigers about a uh, seven-point favorite, about a touchdown favorite in this one. And uh, we'll continue with uh, your phone calls later, uh, recruiting coming up as well. Uh, But right now it is time to uh, take a closer look at things from the eyes and mind of a coach, someone who's lived it, breathed it, eaten it, puked it, and everything else. Zach Willis, first and ten with Coach Zach Willis. Welcome in, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's big game week. It is big game week. This is what, really, if you ask me, college football should end after this week. I mean, I know we got the playoffs and all that stuff, but there's nothing better. There's nothing that tops the rivalry game. Anything else that happens is just icing on the cake. But this is the game, whether it's here, uh, Florida, Florida State, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, let's face it. This is the one game, these three hours, they live with you for the next uh, 365 days, right? More than anything else. Yes, they do. They live with you for the rest of your life if you're involved, and I promise you that. Well, I remember the story when Todd Ellis and Rodney Williams were playing quarterback Mm -hmm. for their respective teams. There was a story on the two of them, and one of them, it might have been Todd, was quoted as saying that they, he and Rodney, knew that for three hours on that Saturday, those two were the most important people in the state of South Carolina. The quarterbacks were the most important people on the ground in the state of South Carolina for those three hours. And it really is. I mean, whether you're at the game, somewhere, wherever you happen to be, you're paying attention to what's happening at Williams-Brice Stadium. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, from the, if you grow up in that state, as I did, um, I was thinking you had the advertisement for the funeral home. I remember a guy, a huge Gamecock fan back in my hometown when Jerry Butler caught the pass to beat Carolina and Mark D'Antonio was covering him. <laughs> uh, he and I talked about that a lot. But, uh, he had a heart attack. This fan had a heart attack and never recovered from it. Really? Um, elderly gentleman. I mean, it goes that deep. You know that feel, I mean, um, on both sides. And it's a great rivalry. And uh, I'm like a little kid. Every week this comes on and getting to be a part of this show, to me, there's nothing better, nothing I'd rather be doing. Now, it was Mark D'Antonio or was it Curtis Boyd? And unfortunately, Mark, Coach D, Coach D said he made a mistake. Uh-huh. I don't know what it was. <laughs> he, uh, we'll let Curtis Boyd take the blame, but he told our entire team the year we won the Big Ten Championship, Coach Dale Evans had come up there, who was his position coach. And, of course, that's how I got that Michigan State was through that pipeline. Mm-hmm. And – um we had an entire talk about it, about rivalry games. I think maybe before we played Michigan or Notre Dame, both of which we won. Um, but he talked about that game and Jerry Butler laying out and catching that pass from Steve Fuller um, and how, how heartbreaking it was to him. It was it was interesting to talk to because I did not realize that until I was sitting in the room, in the team meeting room, with all these you know guys that went on to play in the NFL for Michigan State and won a championship, and he went back to his playing days in Columbia and still really loves South Carolina. Yeah, no question about that. I mean, I, I remember his playing days. And his name's come up often when South Carolina's been looking for a coach. I always tease Rick Sanford because there are pictures, of course, that show the, the catch. It was a fabulous play, 1977. Oh, what yeah. a ball game. Jerry Butler makes a catch in the end zone. And uh, Rick was caught kind of in the picture. I've always – picked at him about getting beat but he's always the first one to say that wasn't my man I was just caught in the picture I was running over there to help 
And it was, you know, he, he would say it was Curtis Boyd, I think. But uh, anyway, let's talk about where things stand now coming off the weekend. Both get home wins. Both are perfect in November. Uh, both have a lot of confidence. South Carolina's at home. Clemson's the favorite. I don't know. How do you assess this one? Well, I mean, here's what you look at. Last week's games, we couldn't ask for better ball games, first of all. And I, I know you want to talk about Clemson, Carolina, but you know, South Carolina found a way to win, and Clemson found a way not to beat themselves. Allowed North Carolina to beat themselves and just took over and let their talent do the talking at the end of the game. I felt like both formulas were on display for each team to win. Clemson can't have costly turnovers. Clubman got away with an interception because there's a late hit on him at one point in the ballgame that really turned that ballgame around. He can't make those plays against South Carolina because Spencer Rattler's not going to do that back for you. Um, Clemson can't beat themselves, and South Carolina cannot uh, come out flat. I don't think they will. But they can't play around and go up and down like they did against Kentucky. Clemson has too much talent, and they've got DBs that can cover Leggett. They can at least double him up and be effective. Kentucky couldn't touch him. Uh, as good a wide receiver as we've seen at South Carolina, again, I'll say it since Sterling Sharp. And um, Rattler is as good a passer maybe ever. You know, uh, one of the best college football seen in a long time. But, again, their offensive line has to hold up on the defensive front, maybe in all of college football. It's definitely – you can argue they are because they're deep and they've been great all year long. There's been no inconsistency with their front seven and their back four playing great right now. So, Carolina has to be consistent to have a chance to win this football game. They do have an edge in the kicking game field, mm-hmm. and we know this. And that could be it could come down to that because last year – I felt like the talent gap was wider. And the biggest thing is South Carolina knows how to beat Clemson. They know they can do it now. You know, as good and talented as Clemson is, they, they ended the streak, uh, uh, not just the Palmetto Bowl streak, but Clemson's home game win streak in dramatic fashion last year. Clemson's got to put South Carolina away. I don't know if they can, if they're fumbling the ball, which they've done all year long and even did in this past ball game. They overcame it with tremendous effort and great execution down the stretch. It's going to come down to that, and that's a lot of ifs in there, but this is a kind of football game. As you know, you can throw the records out, and one thing I will say, we have two of the most resilient coaches, the most positive, the most gifted at pumping confidence into their players, even mid-game when things look bad. Look at what Shane Beamer did against Kentucky. I thought they were getting ready. They were down for the count. I literally told you that, and they got up off the mat and won that game Hemingway and Eamon Worry on defense. Hemingway came out of nowhere in the fourth quarter, was dominant in that, that fourth quarter, and Eamon Worry played like a beast all night long. So the big players made plays. Is it going to be enough for Carolina? I think Clemson has to fumble this thing or intercept this thing away or lose it in special teams. But we've seen them do that, and we've seen South Carolina force that, and South Carolina is due for a huge upset. They had several last year. And they're playing at home. There's a lot of factors, and it should be a great game. Mm-hmm. First and ten with Zach Willis here on Sports Talk. Looking forward to Carolina and Clemson coming up on us uh, Saturday night at williams Bryce Stadium. And, uh, Coach, you talked about uh, going on the road from a Clemson perspective and playing in that atmosphere and the like. 
I think one of the uh, big factors that may help South Carolina out is the home field advantage and playing in front of that crowd. And uh, Kate Klubnick never having faced an environment quite like what he's going to see on Saturday. If you're the Clemson offensive staff, how do you try and settle him in? And how big a component could the run game be, maybe taking some of that heat off of him having to play against that USC crowd? Well, I think that South Carolina has to make Kate Klubnick beat them. They can't let Moffa get going and, and let, 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 let Shipley roll because it'll, it, they'll, they'll kill them. They'll take control of the game. That's how they keep Rattler and the big plays off the field for South Carolina. Um, so that's, that's the game plan. I know Dabo wants to run the football. He wants to play field position. Uh, I love the philosophy they're using to win games right now. South Carolina's got to crowd that box. And even Warrior and those DBs have to show up, which I think they will. Um, and then we'll see how Clubnick handles it because and the big thing is this is one game field where Carolina's fans won't leave at halftime of the third quarter, which <laughs> some of them, not all of them, obviously about maybe 10% like to leave and go to the parking lot. That won't be happening this time. And and they're going to be on Clemson from day, game the first part of the game to the things over with if they do what they're supposed to do and Carolina's in the ball game. I think the running game for Clemson is a massive deal, and if they can stop it, they've got a huge chance to take advantage and, and pull another big upset. Zach, let, let's stay with that Clemson running game. Take us inside the headset, if you would, assistant coach, head coach, coordinator, talking to each other. How does that game plan work? We, any football fan has seen their team, quote, get away from the run. They, they might be having success, and then you look up, and it's been two drives yeah. since their running pick has touched the football. How, who's talking to whom in the headset to make sure you stick with the running game? Well, I think first your offensive line coaches, the offensive linemen always love to run football because um, they can get physical. They're not, you know, in pass protection, they have to be passive and a little bit on the defensive run. They get to attack the guys on the other side of the ball, knock them around. The biggest thing you look at is you want to create leverage inside the box. And what the box is between the tight ends, the end men on the line of scrimmage, not the wide receivers, but the blockers up front. The defense is not putting enough men in there to, you know, outnumber the offense. You want to run the football in any chance you get. And if you look at South Carolina, if they're crowding that box. Clemson has to find a way, and that means putting a bunch of guys in the line of scrimmage, walking up in there and blitz, and Clayton White's done a great job of having guys stand up. Remind me a little bit of Joe Lee Dunn when he was at South Carolina and Mississippi State, messing up the assignments for the offensive line. Um, but every chance you get to run the ball or throw screen passes or run draws, short passes can be as effective, and Dow Loggins has said this for South Carolina as they run. Clemson is so physical in their run game. They can wear they wore North Carolina down. And North Carolina's got a heck of a team. They showed that how much talent they have. But that's the big thing is is Dabo, in my opinion, he did it against Notre Dame. If you go back and watch Notre Dame, once they got control of the game, really not even true control, but they had a touchdown lead. They pinned Notre Dame deep. They kept them there. Their defense threw it out of them a number of times. They could not get out of their own end of the field. And they just pounded them with the run game and let the clock run out once they had a lead. And I think the same approach, if they can do it, they'll do it. The last four minutes of the first half, if they can get the ball, they'll they'll defer and they'll take the opening kickoff and try to drive it again. And, and then you've got a 10-point swing. If you get a field goal at the end of the first half, their goal is to have a 14-point swing and sort of be like a knockout punch back in their 
national championship, you know, in, in final four years. Um, that's the plan for him. Field position and everything revolves around that running game and wearing down a Carolina defense that's a little bit banged up right now. Their whole team's banged up. Um, and Carolina stopped that. You know, are they is Hemingway going to be able to show up and do what he did the other night, Kentucky? It's going to be tough because Clemson has a one-two punch. It's probably the best in the country. How healthy they are. If Shipley's 100%, he certainly looked it at the end of the North Carolina game, um, catching the ball, running the ball, and Moffa coming in just being Moffa. It's going to be tough, but that's what you look for. Look at how many people South Carolina puts up on the line of scrimmage to try to stop the run, especially on first on, on, on first down. That's going to be a huge down in this ball game. And if South Carolina can do that and slow them, force them to throw it, then things swing back to more even up. If Clemson can run it consistently, it's going to be tough for Carolina. A couple more moments with Zach Willis, first and ten, talking about the big showdown between the Gamecocks and the Tigers coming up Saturday. At this stage of the season, 11 games in, you're pretty much what your record says you are, right? You can't – it's hard to remake yourself we really don't know how good South Carolina is considering the opponents they have faced. That was a good win over Kentucky, caught them at the right time. And Clemson has certainly stepped it up and improved uh, improved their status. And they can really make the strong argument that they're a few plays away here and there from having a much better, much better record. And so the question is, you know, which team are we going to see from which team on Saturday night? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, you know, which team can um, maybe try to uh, eliminate the things that kind of put them in this situation. I guess in Clemson's case, it's the turnovers. And in recent history of this series, when South Carolina has beaten Clemson, the Tigers have aided the Gamecock cause quite a bit. It's in their head, A, that they've been they've been fumbling and turning the ball over with regularity this season. And it's in their head that that happens a lot in this series. So if you're Dabo Sweeney, what do you do? Well, you have to obviously – you stick with your fundamentals. You build on the positives. Which he's, like I said, we got two of the best psychologists in the game as far as getting their kids ready to play. Clemson's biggest deal that I've seen is the red zone turnovers. I mean, if you look at it, and I have not done – have not kept count, but, I mean, the Duke game last week, you know, I mean – they were fumbling, North Carolina did too, but the red zone going in to, you know, score and then turning the ball over is just devastating psychologically to any football team. And when you've got backs like Will Shipley doing it, who's a super dependable, incredible talent and great great character kid who loves the game, it really rips your heart out. So that's going to be in the back of their mind. Now, how do they respond to that? If it's me... You know, we practice fundamentals. We practice two hands on that ball, and we make sure we're running behind our pads and doing it. Things you were taught in Little League field, and that's mm-hmm. what drives coaches so crazy and players, too, who, like Chipley, who's an overachiever. Well, not overachiever, but plays like one with Division One talent. Martha, these these kids, Klubnik, they're all kind of the same person. And South Carolina's kind of got a mirror, mirror team. You know, Carolina's not as talented but they have the guts and the fight as good as any team they've ever had. I mean, you have to love this team. I think that's why you see people really positive about a five and six football team 
is because they fought their guts out every game. Clemson's played well except inside the red zone every game. Their defense has played well enough to win every game. Special teams, they've improved great. They had horrible kicking problems early. They're at least average now. So it comes back to focus on doing your job. And with running back, you know, they just have to run as hard as they can and try not to think about not fumbling. And that's when that gets in your head, it's like kickers missing field goals. It's like having the yips in baseball. I mean, it can really get bad. I feel like they've kind of calmed it down. But I think they said it best Saturday. Shipley has to run angry. He has to go in there with an attitude, with a chip on his shoulder. And the revenge fighter, let's not forget that. South Carolina won last year. And if there's anything they can seize on there, they'll definitely do it. And, of course, South Carolina, I'm sure, Coach Boomer, we're underdogs in our own stadium. We beat these guys last year. They still don't respect us. And Dabba's going to go back, hey, what are you going to do? They whipped our tails last year. I can hear him right now. It ought to be a heck of a game. I mean, it's got all storylines feel for a great football game, and I'm really hoping it'll be one for the ages. I, I think we got a shot to see a classic, another Jerry Butler type game. 1977 revisited. We've had a few of those over the years. Coach, as always, great hearing from you. Hope you and the family have a terrific Thanksgiving holiday. Look forward to talking to you next Monday night. We'll uh, chop it up, as they say, and see how – things play out Saturday, and you have a great one. Thanks, as always, for the contribution. Yes, an Thanks, honor, Coach. guys, and looking forward to it. Take care. Thank Thanks, you Coach. very much. All right, first and ten, Zach Willis here on Sports Talk. Interesting stuff from him as he shares his thoughts about uh, what could happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. What could happen and why it would happen if it happens that way on a Saturday night coming. Okay, time to give you the recruiting report tonight here on Sports Talk. It is brought to you by Seawells. Seawells is closed this week. This is heartbreaking. Oh, no See- wonder you wanted me to come over and get Beamer this week. <laughs> no Seawells. Wait, does this mean no recruiting report? <laughs> no, there's a recruiting report. There's just no Seawells to go with it. But I'll say this. I'll say this. Seawells, of course, handles the buffet for the – for the media at USC, mm-hmm. and they wrote out, Pat, you would have loved this. It brought tears to my eyes. They wrote out a piece of roast beef on Saturday night that was to die for, and uh, it was absolutely delicious. It was uh, not a roast beef Friday. It was a roast beef Saturday. But was there gravy? There was gravy. Oh, no, nice. better than that. There was horseradish. Ooh, okay. Yeah, a little horseradish. Right. Now that's too. interesting. Yeah. All right. A little horseradish in there. So my point is they are off this week for the holiday, so no daily luncheon buffet, but they're always available around their schedule and yours to cater the big event in your life. So just give them a call at 803-771-7385. It's 803-771-7385 online at Seawells Catering, SC.com. So recruiting, an update on Cameron Fountain, defensive end, 6'6", 237 from Atlanta, visited USC unofficially Saturday for the game, stayed over till Sunday morning, and, of course, had a good time and talked to Shane Beamer. He's been committed to Southern Cal, and in asking him about where things stood, because last time we talked to him a couple of weeks ago, he said he's coming in for this game, going to come back for an official. Things were looking like he would flip to South Carolina. 
he stunned us last night. He said, I'm going to stick with Southern Cal. Most definitely got to. I'm a man of my word, and I believe the coaches can take me far. I like, I feel like I put my trust in them. I put my trust in Coach Roy Manning, that's their outside linebackers coach, and Coach Lincoln Riley. I feel like those are some good coaches. In like a year, we're going to be back as the top program. He said, nothing happened, nothing happened in Columbia. It's still a good it's still a good school and all. I just feel like my coaches uh, that I committed to, I feel locked in. I feel good about my commitment. That's why I never flipped. I've been talking to uh, their coaches, Southern Cal, lately. The plan is to sign with the Trojans. So I don't think you closed the book on this one yet, still, unless South Carolina has signed off on closing the book based on what he's saying, but as of last night, it was Southern Cal. Meantime, Clemson had in for an official visit. Offensive tackle Andrew Dennis, 6'5", 275, Mount Pleasant, Michigan, former Michigan State commitment. And this was his second commi- uh, uh, official visit since going back on the market after the dismissal of Spartans coach Mel Tucker in late September. Clemson offensive line coach Thomas Austin has made Dennis one of his remaining targets for the spots he has opened in the 24 class. And he now has Clemson among his favorite schools after the visit. He really liked the family atmosphere. He really liked the paw journey. Hear that from a lot of the players that go through there. He likes the fact that after Clemson, they they take care of you. You get your degree. Uh, after, you know, if you finish up football after Clemson or after the NFL, he said they make sure you graduate and make sure you're set up to be successful in life. He also likes Thomas Austin. He liked how the offensive line played against North Carolina. But his um, recruiting journey continues. He's been to Penn State. That was last weekend. He went to Michigan State in the summer. The Spartans are still involved. They're waiting to see who the new coach is, of course. He's got Illinois this weekend and then Purdue. He's going to sign in December, but he's not going to announce until the All-American Bowl in January. USC target running back Anthony Carey of Tampa. He decommitted from Michigan State today. He visited South Carolina for the Vanderbilt game. He also visited for a game in the 22 season. The Gamecocks have been going hard after running back Daniel Hill of Meridian, Mississippi. He's down to the Gamecocks, Alabama, and Tennessee and plans to announce that his All-Star game in January. Carey has over 50 offers at the time he committed to the Spartans in June. He had a short list of USC, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, and North Carolina. 2026 safety Jazavian Currents of South Point plans to be at Florida Saturday for the Florida State game. He was at Ohio State last weekend. Running back Jordan Triplett of St. Simons Island, Georgia. PWO offer from USC. He was in on Saturday. Greer receiver Chase Bird. PWO offer from Clemson. USC offered 2026 offensive tackle Ikini Aboko from Durham, North Carolina, 66260. Has a brother who's a defensive lineman who committed to Georgia that South Carolina recruited. Clemson offered 2025 receiver Carlton Preston, Woodbridge, Virginia. He was in on Saturday. One time USC target offensive tackle Jordan Seaton of IMG Academy has a new top seven, and USC is not in it. The new list is Tennessee, Oregon, Colorado, Florida. Alabama, Maryland, and Ohio State. 
2026 running back Tony O'Banner of Thomas Hayward plans to visit USC on Saturday night. There you go, recruiting from Sports Talk, brought to you by Seawells. All right, uh, fellas, final thoughts before we hit the uh, good night button. Chris, what you got? Can I throw out an unpopular take real quick? Yeah. The Carolina-Clemson game, obviously the most interest. The most important game this weekend, though, is over at Coastal. John McClure is playing for a Sunbelt East Division championship on Saturday against James Madison. Yeah, correct, not popular. Smitty, real quick. <laughs> hey, you mentioned earlier uh, that Xavier Leggett's got to be top five. Just don't forget, Sterling Sharp, Sidney Rice, Alshon Jeffrey, Kenny McKinley, Farrell Cooper, Debo Samuels, and Brian Edwards. Well put. Have a good night.